This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter, Exodus chapter one. Wow. Went all the way back to Genesis again. We're in Exodus chapter one, and we are studying the first chapter as far as what happened to the children of Israel once Joseph died. And, um, It is important that you see and understand that as we study through the book of Exodus, I am going to take you to the story, and I am going to tie it off to our New Testament understandings, and I'm going to allow you to see the spiritual nature of these stories. They're real stories. They actually happened, but the important thing is that you understand that they're not only real stories that actually happened, but they're real stories which God caused to take place in human history to give you spiritual understanding of how your life is and how life is to be lived and how to, we're to walk with God. And in, all, in order to do that, you've got to tie it off in a spiritual way to the Old Testament is our schoolmaster. It teaches us. It shows us things. Well, obviously, many of you are not in slavery in Egypt. And so if you're going to just make it a very superficial base level story and lesson, uh, you're going to gain very super superficial and base level understandings of it. But the truth is there is deep understanding to this. And to understand Exodus and to understand its purpose for us in the New Testament, uh, looking at it through the light of Jesus, the light of the Gospels, the light of the epistles, as we look back into Scripture and allow the New Testament to give us insights and understandings into the Old Testament. If we're going to do that, and we're going to do that and do that rightly, we need to, first of all, see what the symbols are. And the symbols are Egypt's a picture of the world, and Pharaoh is a picture of Lucifer or the power of darkness, the powers of darkness. It's it, he, Pharaoh in Scripture is a picture of the enemy's control over us. And if you place those two things in their right place, now remember, Egypt being the world is not a situation where God hates the world. In fact, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So understanding that God's love for the world is important. That being said, understand that Satan does have access to the father. He, he speaks with the father in the Old Testament. And we see that in the book of Job. We see that we see that in that Satan speaks to his emissaries. Even when Moses dies later on, late in this book, you're going to see that he argues with Michael about the body of Moses. And there is interaction between Lucifer and God's kingdom and God himself. And understanding that the enemy has access to us and access to the Father, and that he's actively involved in the story of history is an important understanding. You can't you can't remove Satan from that role. That being said, um, 
And God has a purpose for us in the world, and he's got a purpose for us in his kingdom and in his purposes and his, in his will. And when you're studying Exodus, you've got to put all those understandings together. You got to tie them all together and see the nuance, nuances of the story and understand that God's at work revealing to you how you were to live and revealing to you how Satan and the darkness, the forces of darkness, see you and operate toward you. And that is exactly what happens here as we start with verse 8. We dealt with this just a little bit yesterday. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So this king is going to move into the position of Satan, Pharaoh, and it says, and he said to his, and he said to his people, now, if we're going to tie those pictures off, these are the forces of darkness. Look, the, pe- the people of the children of Israel are more mighty than we. Now, understand that Satan is, is, has more knowledge of history than you. He has more insight into humanity and to in, into your humanity than you. Understand that he, as far as his abilities, far, as far as his abilities to operate in the world that God created, that knowledge and that history makes him far more effective in the spiritual realm than you are. That being said, he is not mightier than you in the spiritual realm. He's not. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. And what God has placed in us in a new human spirit what God has placed in us in his, in his giving of his son, Jesus, and the resurrection power, which we have in our life. It is the life which God has given us, that eternal life which God has placed inside of us. It is, it is far superior, and it is more powerful than Satan and the forces of darkness. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm good at using it. That doesn't mean that I'm super capable at making what I have work to my benefit as well as he makes what he has work to his benefit. I remember one time when I was a senior in college and we were doing some ROTC training out in the woods. It was in the spring. I'd already turned in my senior thesis. Things were fun. We were training some women and sophomores for summer camp and things that were going to go on that summer with them. And we were out in the woods. And one of the other seniors that was with me was out there. And the sergeants and a few of the captains and majors were out there. And the one of the seniors that was with us, he he was, I would say, he's about five foot six and maybe 170, 180 pounds. Now, he had been the Virginia State champion in wrestling three years in a row, his, his sophomore, junior, and senior year. And at that time, I was six foot four, and I probably weighed somewhere in the neighborhood of 270, 280. I could bench press well over 400 pounds. I could take him easily and military press him over my head multiple times. Now, what the sergeants wanted to see is if he could, he, if I could wrestle him and beat him. And they knew that I'd wrestled a little bit in junior high and high school, and they wanted to see how that worked. Well, I'm going to tell you, they, I knew that he was a state champion. I knew that wasn't good. I knew that was bad. I knew that was really bad. And I did not want to get in the ring with him just because I was twice his size, almost literally twice his weight, and at least 10 inches taller than him. I knew that it might not be a real good idea for me to be wrestling him. 
He was wiry. He was strong for his size, but obviously not near as strong as I was. And so finally they controlled us into it. So I took off my BDU shirt and we were down into down in, in just our pants and our boots and our BDU brown shirts. And we began to wrestle. And we, he moved around and moved around. And I finally, I grabbed him. And when I grabbed his arm, he did something. And I don't even have any idea what he did. But somehow he ended up on my back. And for the next three or four minutes, he rode me like a mule. He, I could not get him off. He wrapped his legs somehow around my legs. He had wrapped his arms up under my armpits. He rode me for a long period of time. Now, I'm quite sure after watching wrestling, and I'm talking about real collegiate Greco-Roman wrestling, I'm quite sure there were some moves to get him off of me, but I didn't know him. And I'm quite sure there was a way for me to flip the script as far as that wrestling match was concerned, but I didn't know him. And then after about five or six minutes, <clears throat> he had ridden me so much that I was just war slap out. And I got down, I literally got up, stood up and rammed him backwards into the wall several times to try to get him off of me. And I couldn't get him off of me. And finally, I, after he'd ridden me, ridden me all the way to the ground for about, for several minutes, I was so tired, so winded, so wore out that he flipped me over and pinned me and won the wrestling match. Well, now there was no, absolutely no reason for me to have lost that wrestling match other than one fact. And that fact was that he was the three-time state champion in wrestling in the state of Virginia. And uh, I wasn't. He had more knowledge of the, the, the activity of wrestling. He was better than me at that. And I knew that was probably going to be the case. I didn't know how he was going to beat me, but I knew eventually I probably would end up getting beat by him. And I did. I got beat by him. And the only reason I got beat by him is because I didn't know what he knew and I hadn't done what he'd done. And I, my experiences were limited in his work. And so he was obviously far more effective at using the resources he had than I was at using the resources that I had. That being said, you need to understand that you are far more powerful in your nature and in the gifts that God has given you and in his eternal life that he's placed in you, you are far more powerful than the forces of darkness. But that does not mean that you have you have unlimited power. You're not Superman in the sense that they can't do anything to stop you. You have to know and you have to understand <clears throat> the authorities. You have to understand the nature and you have to understand purpose of the power which God has placed in you. And the only way to do that is to begin to walk by faith with God. You can't do it by just, it's not a learned thing that's learned outside of being led by the Holy Spirit. And when Pharaoh here, which is a picture, like I said, of Lucifer, when Lucifer said, look, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we, he was absolutely right. But that didn't mean that they had that that didn't mean that they had the ability to control the situation. That didn't mean that they had the ability to operate in the power that they were operating in. They that they had. Uh that that didn't mean that they were going to succeed. And let me tell you something. Satan knows far more than and he has far more no, far more knowledge of the situation you find yourself in than you you're limited. He is not in in the sense of knowledge and insight into the world you live in and the world around you. It says, he says, come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply 
And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Notice, he wants to control them, and he's going to do that by shrewdness. And that's exactly how Lucifer deals with you. He deals with you shrewdly. He understands your sin nature. He's seen it at work for in the past. He's seen it at work in human beings all around the world. He's seen it work in probably as many as 30 billion human beings who've lived on the earth. Maybe not that many. The number might be only 15 billion, but what's the difference between 15 and 30 billion if you've studied them intently? He understands the nature of our sin nature. He understands the nature of our fallenness, and he understands how that hamstrings us as far as us walking in the power that God has placed in us with the eternal life that he's given us. He understands that. And so he is very shrewd, and he gets you entangled in your own emotions. He gets you entangled in your own limited thoughts and understandings. He gets you entangled in your own sin nature. He uses all those things against us. Our emotions are very powerful. They teach us really good things, but used wrongly, they'll lead us down the path of destruction. Our knowledge is fabulous. God has given us the capability of know all things. In fact, he says in He says in the end times, we will know even as, as we're fully known, meaning we'll know everything. We'll, we'll have a understanding of everything, but we don't have that now. And we're very limited in our understanding. And uh, the younger you are and the less experienced you are, you don't know all that God has done. You don't understand and see things from his perspective. So you're very limited. And also, obviously, our spiritual walks are oftentimes very immature and very slow and very low, low level. And so we don't understand how to walk in the power that God has given us. And Satan deals shrewdly with us. He knows if he doesn't, if he doesn't hamstring us, if he doesn't tie us up, if he doesn't, if he doesn't deal shrewdly with us, we'll walk in that good and that great power. We'll, we'll gain an understanding and gain in truth. We'll use our emotions in the powerful way God has made them for us to love and to care and to build and to make others right before him. He understands that we are powerful, very powerful, and he deals shrewdly with us. And he gets us all in our feelings and he gets us all thinking that we know everything when we don't. And he leads us away from humility and to pride, which is exactly, he has a lot of knowledge about pride. And then ultimately he gives us understandings and ideas about spiritual things that are just not quite true. That in that, even him dealing with Jesus, he would use the word of God and he would just change it a little bit and try to even trick Jesus himself. If he's going to do that, I can tell you for sure, he's going to use God's word and try to trick you into things all the time. And so you go, what's the answer? The answer is to walk with God, to know his will and know his way. And that takes time and that takes effort and that takes an intentionality in how you live your life. And if you're not doing that, if you're not walking with God pretty regular, you're going to fall, you're fall into these huge snares that the enemy has set up. And he knows that if we ever begin to walk with God in power, he knows that we, the gates of hell do not prevail against us. And remember those great gates are set up to, to hold his territory. Those gates are not advancing gates. Those gates are, are gates to keep us from taking what's his. And we have the power to do that. 
but we have to learn how to walk in that power. We've got to learn God's word. We've got to study God's word. We've got to make it a part of our hearts and our minds. We've got to allow our emotions and our desires to be his emotions and his desires. And we've got to allow our thoughts to be his thoughts. And we've got to see the world from his perspective. And that takes time and it takes intentionality. I want you to hear me today. It takes intentionality. You can't just have it on your own. you got to work toward it. He says, he says, verse 11, therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. Notice, our, what are our burdens? Our burdens are our sins. Our burdens are our emotional attachments to the past. We have shame and we have doubt. And we have, as we look at the things that have happened in our, in, in our lives, we have regret and all those things. We, he uses all those things to burden us. And he burdens us down pretty heavy, doesn't he? And then when he's done all that, he tells you that you're never going to be and you're never going to become. And you, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. God is not giving you those things. He lies to you. And then for you're defeated. You're completely and utterly defeated. And that's what he did. He placed taskmasters over this. And you go, who are the taskmasters? The forces of darkness are the taskmasters, the fallen angels that, that Lucifer controls, the powers, the principalities, the rulers of this dark age, as Apostle Paul explained, our battles not against flesh and blood, but against powers and rulers and principalities of this dark age. You say, what are powers, rulers, and principalities? Where are their ranks of angels? Just like cherubs and seraphs and, and archangels. They're ranks of angels. The angelic host uh, that followed Lucifer, they're actively out there placing you into slavery. They're out act actively out there trying to enslave you to your own emotions, slave you to your own thoughts, enslave you to your own sin. And as they do that, you struggle. You just struggle with it. And let me tell you something. The only way for me to ever have beaten that guy from Virginia is to wrestle him over and over, days after days, and finally figure out how to win. Let me say this. After that first try, I just gave up on it. But you shouldn't give up on this because this is important. It wasn't important whether or not I could beat him ever in wrestling. That was not going to be something that was going to set the course of my life. But let me tell you something. The spiritual things that go on around you and the spiritual things that are affecting you and your family, the spiritual things that are affecting the people in your community, the spiritual things that are going on in our nation and in our world are of high importance. And we need to be a people who are actively involved and engaged in, in, in dealing with those things. And notice, therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithon and Ramses. Notice, he put them at work building his stuff. He put them at work setting up his infrastructure. And Christianity's done a lot of that in the past. And Christianity's allowed Satan to step in and rather than operating under God's will and really under not operating under God's character. And I can tell you this, I have a tendency to operate in my own flesh and my own nature rather than God's character and God's nature. We do that. And what we do is we build strength for the enemy rather than build the kingdom. And um, you need to see Satan as this. We're going to spend some, we're going to spend a lot of time over the next few weeks dealing with how Satan enslaves us and how Satan tries to control us and how that all works out in our lives. And Exodus is a great story of God's deliverance from that. And this is important Bible study. I can't emphasize that enough. It's an important study to see how the spiritual work of God is carried out in the world. And Exodus is the picture of that. And so I pray that you'll lock in and you'll, you'll 
spend time thinking about how the enemy is gaining control over you, even though you are far more powerful than they, the enemy has continued to gain control of you because you've not learned how to walk in your in 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 the abilities that God has given you, in your wonderful emotions and abilities to in to love and to care and to change, your wonderful ability to understand and to see things from God's perspective, and finally, and the spiritual gifts and power that God's placed in your heart. You need to learn how to walk in that. And if you'll learn how to walk in that, let me say this. The gates of hell won't prevail against you, and the enemy will not control you, and you will be the light of the world, as Jesus said. And I pray that will take place for you. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.